Football is about the Jimmys and Joes and X's and O's. Blue 58! Blue 58! Check New York Bozo! New York Bozo! 28, Baker Bruce! It's time to get out the chalkboard and diagram some plays. Here's where it all starts right here. Let's play! G-Money Christmas! What the hell's going on out here? This is Inside Football with former Colts and NFL coach Rick Venturi. Hey, welcome back to another installment of Inside Football here with Rick Venturi. I'm Matt Taylor, and we come to you from Grand Park in Westfield. Side of Colts training camp brought to you by Course and Fire and Security. And we're right back at it, tapping into Rick's nearly three decades of coaching experience between major college football and the National Football League. Today, recapping preseason game number one in Buffalo, recapping practice on a Tuesday, and also looking ahead to joint practices with the Bears coming up on Wednesday and Thursday nights of this week ahead of that second preseason game between those two teams at Lucas Oil Stadium. Rick, welcome back to camp. How was your uh, Buffalo experience over the weekend? Man, it was a heck of an experience. I feel like it's November out here today. What the <laughs> heck? Are we, in the, are we in the last part of the season? Right. No, right. It, was really, it was really fun, and I know you feel just like I do, just like my coaching days. It's always good to get one under your belt it, it doesn't matter you know and it was really I think there was so much excitement mm-hmm. with Anthony getting the start and the only thing greater now is that is that Shane just announced that yeah moments ago be, yeah he would just be the starter for the season which I'm thrilled to death with I I think that's absolutely the right call uh but I really I really enjoyed that opener uh in Buffalo Real, real special day to get started. Yeah, special performance, special guy. I mean, he's sitting here maybe seven feet from us right now signing autographs well after practice. So that's kind of the scene in the background here. But, yeah, he finished the game 7 for 12, passing 67 yards. We all know about that interception on the first drive of the game, kind of set up that first score for the Buffalo Bills. But uh, some miscommunication on that RPO play. After the game, Richardson raised his hand. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie raised his hand. You Shane Steichen multiple times. Times, uh, raised his hand all three of them it's good to see kind of taking responsibility for the the miscommunication there but I thought all told Richardson found himself in some adversity in those three drives backed up at your own seven on the first drive some penalties wiped out the Colts with a red zone opportunity some drop passes you had a missed field goal overall what did you take away from from Richardson's first taste in the league there well I thought it was imperfect but Impressive. I'm mm. like the two eyes. You know, I, and I was like you, you know, when you're around him, you cannot help but pull from him. I think a lot of my nerves going into the game, guys are kidding me about I was a little bit tight. Were they personal? Was No. It was just I wanted this kid to succeed because you like him. That's what I'm saying. And it has nothing to They're do. They're kind of personal. It has nothing to do right. with being a company guy or anything else. We, we all know the talent level. Yeah, yeah. But he's the kind of guy that you want. You, it's just exciting to grow with. Mm-hmm. And I can't, like I, I told you the other day, the autumn of my life in football is going to be pleasant watching this kid grow. <laughs> <laughs> it, really, it really is. You know, and, and, and you know, the thing about it is I thought that one of the critical issues in greatness at quarterback is overcoming adversity and having that, that selective amnesia. I mean, after the bad play, and regardless of whose fault it was, the ball comes out of his hand, you know, he, he – he didn't. It didn't bother him. He went to the next, and, and despite being backed up, he took us on long drives. He moved the football. Right. You know, and really, if we don't have Pierce's drop and Farrell Brown's hold in the red zone, he brings us on those long drives and finishes them off. Right. And 
you saw you saw the you saw the, the ability there. I mean, the five yard run on the zone read is one of the best runs you'll see this year. He has Rousseau, who's a legitimate top flight defensive end. He runs right through him. It should have been a five yard loss, and then he trucks the corner. I mean, he lowers his shoulder on Elam, who's a legitimate starter in the NFL. And it's a game. It's it's a play that should have been minus five. Right. That is plus five. I thought he. I thought he really. You know, the, the, he threw a seed in there to Granson. I heard Granson talk about later. He said, you just got to get used to that ball coming out of there because it comes out of there so quick and so tight, and it came out of that window right there. Right. So I think we saw that. We saw the beautiful flutter throw to Pierce that, that, that really Alec got to come up with those balls because that's a terrific downfield shot. And then, you know, you saw the running ability, again, the poise. I thought – I think the thing that has impressed me a lot – is it doesn't take anyone to know that he has the metrics and just pure athleticism. I mean, the pure. But to me, where he's so much better than I anticipated, he brings quarterback skills. I mean, he he is very poised in the pocket. That's a big surprise to me. I thought he would be one look and go. Has he developed those things since minicamp, or did you see those things well, right it's, away? It's, it's getting better. And yeah. No, I didn't see those things right away, but I think, you know, it takes a while. You watch the cumulative performance over and over. Uh, but Shane said from the beginning that he had pocket awareness. Mm-hmm. and But it's really shown. He's not just looking to take off and go, uh, and, and he has that tight, compact delivery. Now, what's what's what he's going to have to grow with, and you're only going to grow by playing is developing, you know, that anticipation and that processing. And that's learning to read NFL defenses. And he's only going to get that by playing. And what, what every once in a while when you see a ball sail or like the interception, he hitched and then threw it off balance. Right. Is whenever whenever he's on time and whenever he's in rhythm, that ball is out of there and it's a good tight spiral. Right. So anticipation is important. I always say this. When you're playing in the Saturday game, in the college game, you throw to open receivers. In the NFL, you anticipate and you throw receivers open. And so that is a process. I think number two is, I think, learning a little bit of touch, taking a little bit off the ball Mm -hmm. at times, which I think he will get naturally. And I think the third thing, and this is hard for a great athlete. I didn't have this problem when I played, but hard (laughs) hard for a great athlete, and that is – know when to fold them you know and he said it in another way he said i can't be reckless with the ball sure when you're at a, a real disadvantage that you can't get out of you just just dirt it throw it in the dirt mm-hmm. go to the next one so but i i think we'll get that stuff i'm really happy that shane has the um you know has the the no, i don't i don't say it's courage but he just has the foresight that this is our quarterback We're are you are you him. surprised by the timing of the move kind of taking the doubt out of everything moving forward did, and this is it i'm a little a little surprised in that i thought that might be maybe he would wait another week but i'm, I'm because happy. as of sunday we still didn't know no, it was tentative that's exactly right right and i i feel so good about this because now we all know and more importantly the team knows you know, yeah. so once you know, I think th- that's the most important thing, is that you have your team settled and ready to go in that respect. So, you know, I I just feel so good about it, and I know there's going to be those moments where there is, you know, a ball that sails, a ball that's intercepted. But I also see, and I believe this with all my heart, that at some point you're going to see greatness. Yeah.
No doubt about that. Uh, what else did you take away from the starting offensive unit outside of quarterback? Because we talked about it on the second yeah, and third yeah. possessions. Uh, the Colts racked up 21 plays, 118 yards of offense, eight first downs, even though obviously neither of those possessions resulted in the points. Well, you know, from a negative standpoint, one of the things that we got to get better at is finishing drives and scoring in the red zone. And, but it really came down to two plays. You know, Pierce drops it. And, and Farrell yeah, Brown has the, the penalty, holding penalty, or else we do score. Right. Uh, I thought the offense moved the ball exceptionally well, and they were backed up, but they made a lot of yards, which is important in a preseason game. How you know those are the important things. I think they did really well there. I thought that our offensive line already—this is just my first observation—already looks technically better and more angry, like they did in 221. Mm-hmm. I do feel that schematically. And Sperano has had an effect on him already. I also liked one thing. One thing, and this maybe doesn't mean anything, except it matters to me because I know I know body language. On the play that Farrell Brown holds, and Richardson takes it down to the one-inch line, and it you know we get a call back, but the first guy down to pick him up was Nelson. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And to me, that just that was a cool thing to me, you know. And I thought particularly our left side. I, Ryman just looks different. He just looks like he is a year older, got some weight on him, mm-hmm. got some football behind him. And so between him, Nelson, and uh, and uh, Kelly, you know, I thought that looked really good. I didn't think the right side was bad. I thought Freeland had his moments. You know, you can see where his growth has to be. But I thought our left side looked very, very good. Did you see what you wanted to see out of Evan Hall and, and Deion Jackson? Because – if you play a game tomorrow, like we always talk about on this podcast, those those are your horses. Well, that's right. And you have to, as a coach, you can't worry about what could have been or would have been or will be. Yeah. You have to get ready as if you're going to play a game. As I said, I've always, you know, but he's always had a little bit of trouble staying on the field. But I, I've always liked Dion. I've always thought that Dion Jackson was a guy that could play in the NFL. Maybe not 60 minutes, mm-hmm. but he could play. And, you know, he came, and I was kind of surprised because there was a question whether he was going to play. He had that really good Sunday practice. Yeah. So I was thrilled to But death. then he missed the, the week. Yeah. yeah. And Those it, I, practices I was leading to up to the game. When he, when he popped up in there. Right. You know, and he's over five yards to carry. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, you know, and they're playing against Buffalo's top flight guys. I mean, may, there might have been a couple of guys out, but that's a, that's a top flight number six defense, number four against the score. Sure. I mean, that, that is a good defense. And so – when you when you when you have pretty good numbers, it matters right there. He right now would be your all-purpose, and where where I do see Hall is in those screen situations, through down situations, caught a nice screen and go. You know, I think he's more of a change-up on the loose play type stuff. And then I think if we keep going this way, if we come running back by committee, which you know if we're playing a game now, I think it will be important for us. We might have to go out and do something. I think what we'll need, we would need to have a short yardage banger. The hammer. You know, somebody like DeAndre Foreman. Not, not, I'm not talking about a great player, but somebody that can move the pile on third and one. Yeah. And I think that's probably the way you're going to have to go. But, you know, those guys are coming up to the standard that I expect. That's Rick Venturi, and this is Inside Football. We're at Colts training camp. I'm Matt Taylor recapping the Buffalo game. The starting defense played a couple of series, uh, allowed that touchdown, obviously, uh, after sudden change. But they bounced back the next couple of drives, forced a three-and-out headline by a good breakup there by Daryl Baker Jr. Overall, what did you see out of the effort of the starting defense minus the the breakdown and contain on that touchdown run? Yeah, you know, I, I – 
You know, first of all, I'd like to see him play a lot more. Yeah. And I think we're going to get that. I mean, the next five days, my God, we got three uh, three dual practices and two games. I mean, yeah. So, you, you know. We're, it's we're, heating up. Yeah, it, it's it's heating up. It's yeah. really going to heat up. Um, you know, the one thing that has to improve, the one thing they got caught, and it's a teaching moment, sudden change. That happens early in the game. you got to respond. And then the other thing is you got to stop them in the red zone. We were 32nd on defense. And even though it's one play, one isolated play, right. don't have to make a big deal out of it. But you lost contain down there, and you let them score. And so that is a big area of improvement. So I think if I'm coaching today, I'm really hammering that series right there. Right Now they came back really well with the three and out. Uh, and, and again, uh, I thought Baker continues to compete, continues to play on that key third down. He has a good pass breakup, mm-hmm. stuffs the receiver at the line gets a hell of a pass breakup, and we get off three and out. So, you know, I saw some really good things there. Uh, the only thing I'm still not feeling, we got it a little bit with the second unit. The only thing with that first unit, I'm still not feeling that pass rush. And so, you know, that's what I'm looking here in the next five days, if we can generate that. We've got to be able to generate more there. What what schematic wrinkles did you like in the game yeah, there, on, there on was, both sides of yeah, the Yeah, there was actually a couple things. Um, uh, there was two things that really stood out to me. Uh, one, I was a little critical a year ago, and I would continue to be if we continue to play that vanilla over every down. You, yeah. can't, you can't play that over defense every single down. There has to be, just like there has to be variance in coverage, variance in blitzes, variance in front. Well, I saw us jump into the bare front, which has you know kind of become really popular again. And it's a great run front. It's a great first down front. Mm-hmm. And I saw us, and I never saw us use it a year ago at all. So I saw a little bit there. And then something that I think Sperano and Steichen have brought here, and it's very simple. You have to be a geek like me to even follow it, okay? On their weak side zone play, and they, and they made some yardage. A year ago, it was always just zone blocking. And what would happen is the nose guard would be really offset to Kelly's shoulder, and Kelly couldn't get him because mm-hmm. he was too far offset. Nelson goes up for the linebacker, and so there was always a guy in her face. Well, they use what I call C blocking, and this might sound simple, but we never did it. Yeah. And they went instead of blocking at zone, Nelson came down and took the nose, and Kelly pulled around him. Okay. And so go to going up to the second level. Going up to the second level. They, in other words, it's it's just an exchange of assignments. Yeah. I call it C because it's C pull. But the but the beauty of that is all of a sudden now we established a wall there mm-hmm. where you could get downhill. There wasn't somebody in your face right away. So you know it, it was those two little things at this point but they matter to me no doubt yeah they all matter and, and certainly trying to get that running game uh, like it was two years ago yes. in 2021 obviously last yeah. year kind of fell off there in terms of production now that we're talking about the offensive line again I mean as soon as that first unit stepped out offense immediately gave up two sacks do the Colts have enough pieces and depth up front right now if you're going into a game yeah I, I think it's really a question mark you know I, I, I think I mean, I, I, I have to say it like it was. It wasn't very good at all. It was, I mean, Minshew, the first two plays, I thought the walls of Jericho yeah. were. By the way, it's the Wizard of Oz <laughs> out here right now. Down. We yeah. apologize it for is, the wind. It's the, it's the, it's the eyes <laughs> of November here. But, uh, uh, no, to answer your question, uh, I think, you know, a Freeland I think will be able to play in spots. Yeah. He played with the ones, so he wasn't in very long with that. You know, I mean, he's a guy. I, I think where he is is where um, – probably where Ryman was last year okay they're very very similar very tall lean you know basketball looking guys a little bit undersized um but 
you know, hopefully he doesn't have to start like Ryman did. Mm-hmm. And the guy, I'm going to tell you, the guy that really impressed me, I've told you this off air, was Hambright, number 64. I was really – because when you looked at that at the game and we're doing the game and we're involved in just kind of the result. Sure. And it just looks terrible. And a lot of it was. But when I went back and looked at the tape yesterday morning and really studied it, I thought Hambright, number 64, was really impressive on the edge. You know, I mean, he blocked guys would go inside. He'd take them down. Mm-hmm. I mean, he stood out. And, you, you know, again, you had to watch the tape to get it. And he looks to me like he can be a swing guard tackle type kid. So at least we came out of there, I think, with one guy that I feel like I might be able to play with down the road. And then includes you have, including Freeland. I'm not – I got to see Freeland a little bit more, but I think he has the tools yeah. to develop. The rest of those guys right now, way below par. That's Rick Venturi right there. Something to monitor. I'm Matt Taylor. This is Inside Football. Josh Downs in this game, really, really active. Two catches for 29 yards. Had some clutch yards after the catch. Returning punts, returning kicks. I mean, this guy's really good. Is, no, he, he, is he in he store really for a big is. rookie year? He really is. I, you know, I, I think we're going to be really happy with him. And I'm really glad that the staff got him in there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether it was returning, catching balls, just get him in there. Get right. him playing football for the Colts. I noticed today he was in the starting lineup, you know, with Pierce and with Pittman. And I think that's definitely a go-to. Right. I mean, I, he, is a, he is a slot guy that is going to be able to catch and run. He has that real shorter. He's quicker than fast. He's not slow, but he's quicker than fast. He can get open in short areas. Again, I think when you get into real ball and you get into those third and fives, Mm -hmm. you're going to see him excel in the option game, in the jerk game, what I call the jerk game, all those little finesse things. That quickness really matters. And inside the red zone, that's so important when windows are so tight and the field shrinks. See, I think what you have, to me, in Pittman and Pierce – you know, they're bigger guys, and I think you can establish, particularly with this quarterback, mm-hmm. 50-50 balls. So what happens is the safeties start leaning out wide to the 50-50 ball and close to the line for the run. So what that does is isolate your middle linebacker and those guys on your slot. Mm-hmm. And that's exact, you're exactly right. That's where you can really, really excel. And <clears throat> I, just, I, I just really I, – of course, I, we liked him very much coming out. There was – you know, we were thrilled with that pick on the night that we made it. So, but he has come in and confirmed that. He, he and Richardson have confirmed yeah. what we hope for. Final couple of things. Let's go back to the defense. What did you think of the play of the young corners? Baker, as we said, had the pass breakup. Rush had the pick six off the deflection. Brent's had some good moments in coverage. Let me ask you this. Did the cornerback depth change after one preseason game? I, I don't know that it's necessarily changed. Mm-hmm. But what I, I will say what I like, and, and I think that this defense, this defense this year, it, the success is going to come down to two things. Right. How we play on the edges. That is, can we generate edge rush? Mm-hmm. Can we generate edge rush? Which we haven't yet, but can we? And maybe we have to blitz to do it. Right. And can we hold up on the corner on the outside edges? Our corners right now, our top five kids – you know, including, including you know, three rookies, not counting Kenny. Kenny's a given. You know where he is. But our top five guys that are, con- that are fighting for that outside job are really competing, and they competed really well in the game. You know, obviously Rush came up with the big play, mm-hmm. you know, he, you know and, and, and if he gets a step, he's gone. Uh, <laughs> I thought, you know, I thought, I thought Brents played well. Un- unfortunately for Brents, 
I think he got hurt schematically. We ran a couple bail cover threes on third and ten, and he's bailing out of there. And I, what I would really like to see with all of them, Flowers, Baker, Brents, Rush, and Jones, those guys, what I'd like to really see is for us to play in the next two weeks a ton of press. Yeah. Whether we're going to do it during the year or not. Because to me, that's how you evaluate those corners is put those guys – get Brents up there all day long in a press. Let's just – you know, because I think we got talent. They're competing. You know, uh, you know again – you know, we talk about Baker, but, you know, Baker, they're, they're going to have to prove Baker's not good enough because he's, yeah, he's, he's not doing he's, anything he's not, to take himself off the field. He's not letting you think that at all. Right. You know, and Flowers, I mean, but again, I would like to see Rush, and I'd, and I, well, all of them, all yeah. five of them, yeah. I'd like to see them play the rest of the way at corner, and I would like for them to be in press almost the whole game. Yeah. It, you know, because you can do that now. You, you might not do that. And don't bail. Just get up there and stuff people and see what we got. Sure. And make and let them get some confidence in that. Rick Venturi right there inside football. I'm Matt Taylor. You talked about Arlington Hambright uh, playing some offensive line. He stood out to you post-game on, on the tape. Any other non-starters that really kind of helped themselves in this game? Well, you know, I thought, I thought some receivers, uh, I thought they battled. They did what they did, uh, you know, for that last spot um, or last, you know, that sure. kind of that last two spots. Mike Strong with uh, a great know, Strong catch. Strong with a great catch. Mm-hmm. And what I kind of liked about that one, what we've seen out of Strong is always the ability to go high point. This time he came over somebody. That's something I haven't seen him compete inside for a ball like that. So right. I, th- I thought that was a plus. And I-, I would love to see him eventually make it. And I'm probably getting too high on him again. Uh, you know, But he's another guy that Richardson will find. <laughs> He'll find you know at that ball down the sidelines. Sure. You know – you know, Turner was productive. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he was productive. Yeah, he had 48 receiving you, yards in the game. You know, he was very productive, you know. And then, and then I thought the new kid, number three. Amari uh, Rogers. Yeah, Rogers. Mm-hmm. I thought, I thought Rogers, uh, Rogers looked pretty good with yeah. the ball in hand. We, we know he's athletic, so he, he just kind of puzzles me. A lot I of speed know. to burn after yeah, some wide receiver exactly. screens. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think those three guys for sure kept themselves in the mix. All right, we know about Richardson. He's the starting quarterback going into week one of the regular season. What are you looking forward to seeing from Richardson in these joint practices that will help his growth and help him settle in going into the regular year? Well, these are going to be phenomenal for him, okay? Um, And, you know, when you think about it, Matt, the next five sessions, three of them are joint practices and two of them are games. Mm -hmm. So. You know, arguably, this is the t- this is the best five days. This is the most significant five days of training camp. Absolutely. What I'm going to look for is just day to day growth. Okay, pinpoint accuracy, Sunday accuracy, grow with it, process better, work on it, stay calm, stay away from the reckless play. Yeah. You know, know when to fold them. It's just going to be a cumulative growth. Now, why these joint practices are so good. It was so important for me, and I, I, I appreciate Sean, Shane on this, is he had to go in and play against that fast first team at Buffalo. He has to go in and feel that speed of the defense. Now, he's not only going to get the speed of the defense in the five, the two against the Bears and the Eagles, mm-hmm. but he's also going to get the sophistication that you don't get in a preseason game. Right. I mean, once, when you do a, a scrimmage with another team because the film is regulated – you, we, we do everything we're going to do. Mm-hmm. We're going to play our red zone defenses, our third down defenses. So now he's going to be confronted with game speed, but defensive sophistication. Right. So, and that is the next step. I mm-hmm. mean, that's, 
And this is, you know, I said last week, I mean, people have no idea how difficult it is to come in and play as a rookie in the NFL. That's why the joint practices. Then I'm glad we're going to Philly to do it, even though it's going to be a long week for us. <laughs> Maybe we go see the Phillies. But, <laughs> but. Yeah, save me a seat. But. We're, we're probably going to play against the best defensive personnel in the league that mm-hmm. day. Yeah. I mean, he's gonna, he is going to see the best of the best. So, you know, that along with the games, I, I just can't say enough about joint practices. I mean, to me, right. I was huge on them when they weren't popular. Although, when I coached in New Orleans and when the Saints and the first five years of my tenure there, we went to Lacrosse, Wisconsin, and we had what was in effect called the Cheese League. We had the Packers, the Vikings, the Chiefs. And uh, who else? Uh, oh, oh, Jacksonville was even up there for a year. Wow. And the Bears. The Bears were in Platteville. Uh-huh. So it was, it was nothing for us to work against four or five teams. And when we did that, that was all. we always got off to our best starts. Yep. All right. We'll see if that translates. Colts, by the way, looking for their first week one win since 2013. Yeah, so, get that. Yeah, joint practices certainly can't hurt. That's Rick Venturi. That's another jam-packed episode of Inside Football. Again, the Colts taking on the Bears three times this week. Joint practices Wednesday and Thursday evenings. Preseason game coming up on Saturday night at Lucas Oil Stadium. Rick's going to be front and center again on the TV broadcast with Greg Rakestraw. Joe Wright once again joins me on radio and Rick looking forward to the next couple of days man yeah I really am and that that bear thing will be fun I'm sure they'll bring a lot of people down from Chicago yep you know what is it the interstate 65 championship? region yeah <laughs> a lot of region people down here as they say so looking forward to it those practices are sold out by the way so those are the last two uh, sessions here at Grand Park for the Colts to work out at training camp. Again, brought to you by Corson Fire and Security. Rick Venturi right there. We'll talk to him next Wednesday. We'll be in Philadelphia. Save me a cheesesteak, my friend. Again, I'm Matt Taylor. Thanks for listening to Inside Football, and we'll do it again next week right here on the Colts Audio Network. So long.